Are you sick of trading time for money? Here's how a blue-collar service side hustle turned into multiple streams of that elusive passive income. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. I've got a where are they now check-in this week with Matt Boknock. I am pumped for this one because I think Matt's business is just so inspiring and creative. So Matt started a side hustle years ago, repairing motorcycles in his garage on the side from his day job as an engineer. But the stroke of genius was when he started filming himself doing the repairs and then selling those videos online to other do-it-yourselfers. When we last caught up in episode 160 in early 2016, Matt was earning 800 to 1000 bucks a month from this business, and the revenue split was about 50-50 between turning wrenches and the video sales on howtomotorcyclerepair.com. Now, if we fast forward three and a half, almost four years later, now he's earning four to five grand a month and even more during the high season, still on the side, and the income split today is like 99 to one in favor of the online passive time-leveraged variety. Super cool stuff. We're going to dive into everything that's changed since 2016 and how you may be able to follow Matt's lead and build something similar in your niche. Notes and links for this one, plus the full text summary of our conversation are at sidehustlenation.com slash Matt B. That's M-A-T-T-B. Now, whether you're repairing motorcycles in your garage or providing some other type of service, you're going to need a reliable and professional way to get paid. One tool that helps me do just that is our sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is the number one invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for side hustlers, freelancers, and consultants. Recommended by 97% of small business owners, this is the service I use when I need to invoice clients or advertisers, and I've been a customer for years. Side Hustle Show listeners can try it free for 30 days. There's no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get started today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Matt after the interview. We start this call with the question that was at the top of my mind. If you're no longer repairing bikes for customers, and that was the source of all your content, how does that work to keep the business moving? Ready? Let's do it. Well, I started buying engines and motorcycles that were popular models, and I just started creating the content based around that rather than waiting for a customer to bring me that specific model. Oh, okay. So you're spending some some inventory money up front. Yeah. So I I bought an engine for a hundred bucks, rebuilt it, obviously put some dollars into parts, and then created the digital product. And the digital product is selling rather well. And I can just sell the engine when I'm done with it. It's a rebuilt engine. So that's kind of how I'm attacking things now. Okay. Interesting. So you can get these components very affordably because they're broken. They don't work. People just want to get rid of them. And you say, well, I have the know-how to fix that up. And on top of that, it's going to be an asset for my business much more than the physical engine. Yes, absolutely. Tell me about the video sales. So this was a pretty healthy component of the business. Last time, this was run, I believe, through Gumroad. And just curious what the price point, what the digital product business looks like today. Yeah, so I'm still using Gumroad today and I'm averaging about like 33, 3400 a month just in video sales through Gumroad. 
Wow. Yeah, thanks. And then I have increased prices over the past few years. I keep bumping it like by five or 10 bucks each year. Back in 2016, I think I was at like 14, 20 bucks per video. Now I'm at 25, 30, and some are even higher than that. So this process, you're not sending like a physical DVD. It's just like digital file download and then Gumroad processes the delivery of that automatically. Yes. I actually, I have it set up as streaming only. I could offer downloads, but I've ran into, you know, they're, they're very large files. So I just keep it streaming and it seems to be working for, in most cases for people. Oh, okay. Did you ever run into like pirates trying to, you know, resell this stuff? No, but you know, that's always in the back of my mind, right? So I just keep it streaming. Okay. 25, 30 bucks a video. Well, how many of these different videos or how many of these different products do you have? So I have about 22 premium videos that you need to purchase in order to view. I would say six of them are complete duds. They haven't sold many at all, but there are some really good ones in there. So well over a dozen sell very well. Yeah, I imagine there's always going to be an 80-20 to to any type of product, and, and this is probably no different. Knowing what you know now, do you have a process for creating new ones based on what is sold in the past? Yeah, so take, for example, I had one model of motorcycle, which was a 550cc. Those videos sold really well. So what I did is I went ahead and bought a the larger one, which is a 750cc, and I'm going to create the same products, same engine rebuilds and carburetor rebuilds, and hopefully that should sell just as well or better. So I'm just repeating it with a similar model of different displacement, basically. Yeah, at a certain point, they stop measuring in cc's and start measuring in liters. I'm like trying to figure, like, well, what is it? Yeah, thousand cc is a is a liter. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like, oh, we're working on like the seven point three liter diesels and stuff back in my my days at Ford. Yeah, that those that's mainly for like trucks and cars, right? So <laughs> sure, sure, smaller motors. Okay, what is driving traffic to this website to the sales page? How are people discovering your stuff? So I mainly use YouTube. And how I do it is basically I'll come out with a nice sample video that states, hey, this video is for sale within the first five seconds of the video. So people don't get all upset with me that they're going to see a sample. And then I just go over saying, hey, this is a three hour long video. After purchase, you get it instantly. It teaches you step by step on how to build it. Enjoy the nice sample. And that's pretty much it. And then the sample will have 20 to 30 minutes of real time video. And then once I start getting into the real, let's say, advanced parts of the motorcycle, I'll just speed it up with some music and that'll be the sample. So they won't be able to see all the good stuff, if you know what I mean. So that's how I kind of throw these videos out there. Okay, interesting. And I guess we could check out your YouTube channel for an example of how that looks in practice, which I believe at the time, the Motorcycle Repair Channel was like around 10,000 subscribers. I checked the other day, you're close to 60,000 subscribers on YouTube now. So that obviously has been a fantastic driver of of traffic for you. So people are typing in how to fix such and such problem on my bike, and then they find your stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Just put the exact problem in the title, and then the video kind of walks you through how to do it. Is there anything to that channel aside from these sample videos? Are you putting other types of content on the channel as well? Well, yeah. A lot of times there are topics that I want to cover that you can't sell, right? But maybe it can get a lot of views and hopefully drive some ad revenue in YouTube. And, you know, it's just cool little tips and tricks or maybe a small repair, or maybe that video will even be on the same 
your make and model that I have a premium product for. So I'll say, hey, by the way, since you own this model and you're working on it, go check out my engine rebuild video or whatever. They're going to need it at some point, so I might as well just mention it. Is there any keyword research that goes into these videos or just kind of like having a sense of what models are popular, what problems pop up, stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I don't do any keyword research. I would just put in the title saying, hey, this is an engine rebuild for this model in this year range. And that's it. And that's usually enough to get people to get enough views, honestly. Have you got a garage full of bikes or do you keep your own personal inventory pretty limited these days? Uh, yeah, I, I do have, let's see, one, two, three, four, three or four motorcycles in the garage. And plus I got a muscle car in there that is collecting dust. <laughs> so it's in a bunch of tools and equipment. So it, it's getting pretty packed in there. I got I to gotta sell some stuff for sure. <laughs> so, sell some inventory here. It's a welcome change from, imagine, the, the Suburban or the minivan that's the, the wheels the rest of the time. Yeah, I, I finally need a minivan. I still don't have one. And I think with four kids, I think we're finally ready to, to buy one. <laughs> oh, it's, it's you held out for quite a while, my friend. Yeah. Tell me about the YouTube ads component, because based on your, your numbers, this has become a non-insignificant revenue stream as well. Yeah, but even more so back in 2016, when I was on episode 160, I had my AdSense account disabled at that time. And remember, I was complaining about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened was I just kept going, you know, making videos and uploading them. And when I hit 20,000 subs, a YouTube partner manager actually reached out to me and we spoke on the phone about channel growth and stuff like that. And she said, hey, how come you're not monetizing your YouTube channel? I'm like, well, funny you mentioned that. It was disabled and I tried appealing and I couldn't get through on the system or whatever. Nothing happened. She's like, let me look into that for you. The next day, monetization was on. And ever since then, uh, (laughs) I've been earning ad revenue. So it's another source of income for sure. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, 
I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What kind of numbers are you seeing from those YouTube ads? So anywhere from 600 to 1100 per month, Whoa. depending on what time of year that is. So the seasonality, which season is high season for you? So summer. Basically, the ads run off a of CPM and the CPM, which is cost per thousand, changes throughout the year. So in the winter, it's like three, four bucks per thousand. In the summer, it could be as high as seven bucks per thousand, just because more people are interested in motorcycles during the summer months. Man, 600 to 1000 bucks a month just in straight passive YouTube ads. I'm curious about the strategy here because like ultimately you want to sell your own thing for 30 bucks rather than sending somebody off for like a 5 cent click or you know whatever CPM like have you experimented with turning them on or off on certain videos? No, but you bring up a good point. Why would I want to run ads on my for sale videos, right? I never actually thought about that. I just run ads on all my videos. I don't know if there's probably a balance to strike here because if you're relying on YouTube search, they are incentivized to show your video if you have monetization at on because they're like, well, we're going to make some money on this too. So it's, I'm curious what the split is. I haven't dove in too deep down the YouTube rabbit hole, but have been kind of in the 150 to 170 a month in YouTube ads myself. And it's so passive. You're like, this is fantastic. I don't know. Like, even though it's relatively small. It's like, okay, I could see where this could go. And as you have shown with, as the channel grows, as the number of videos grow, like the income can grow from that too. Uh, what else is bringing the cash register today? I'm working with an insurance company and creating content for them. So that's pretty cool. how did that relationship come about? So I was just going along my business as usual, creating content. And then this insurance company reached out to me and said, hey, we'd like to schedule a call. We're looking for contributors to make content for our blog. Uh, I said, sure. I got on the phone with them and yeah, I've been working with them ever since 2016. Wow. So they found you through the existing YouTube content that you have out there. Yes. And I should add, it's all YouTube. There's no like blog or written component to this. Actually, yeah, I do have a blog on my howtomotorcyclerepair.com site. I'll embed the video in the very top and then I'll write a little bit usually have links to tools and parts that are affiliate links. So I also earn a little bit there. But yes, sometimes I can't explain everything in the video. So I do it with text or images, but primarily video. Okay. I want to come back to that affiliate thing in a moment, but tell me more about like this insurance company. They're like, we need contributors like you to help us create content. Like, was this specifically... I don't know, like what kind of stuff are you doing for them? Yeah, so let me back up for a second and tell you a funny story. <laughs> I had no idea how much to charge for something like this, right? So at the time on my service site, I actually had three guys in for service, three different motorcycles. And it just so happened the guys were, one was a cameraman and the other two were video editors. 
locally. So I'm like, hey guys, I, I got offered this or I'm, I have this little meeting. What should I charge? What do you guys charge? And they gave me some numbers to go in with that really had helped in this negotiation or setting up a price for, for this content. Because if you search, there's no information on this. So anyway, they helped me. And then I went in with a number or whatever, and they agreed. But basically, they were looking for topics on motorcycle repair and maintenance, simple tips and tricks or simple repairs that anyone, the general public can do. They were looking for like a three to four minute highly polished video that I would hand off to them. They would put it on their channel and put it on their blog as well. Do you mind sharing what the number, it's always the rule of like, he who names the first number is like at the weaker point in the negotiations, but they kind of asked you like, what are your rates? Yeah. So I went in saying, okay, a thousand bucks. They said, all right, well, will you do it for 800? I said, sure. Because I was a big unknown, right? I'm new to these people and I've actually never done a video like this. It's a totally different style, by the way. But anyway, so after the first video, I, I did a really good job. I spent a lot of time on it. And then they're like, hey, we want to do more, probably three to four a year. I'm like, okay. So then I went back and I pretty much doubled my rate. I'm like, hey, if you want to do this, it took a lot of time, but I, I love doing this. I need to increase my rate to this. And they said, okay. So that was awesome. So that went on for two years or so. And then just last year, I bumped it again and they agreed. So I'm like, okay, sweet. So on average, I do three to five videos for them a year. Okay. And now at somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred, a thousand and two thousand per video? Yeah. So right now I'm at like two thousand per video. Okay. Man, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean now that one that one's not as passive because like, yeah, you put you're putting the time in to make this happen, but goes to show you put content out into the world. You never know who's watching. You never know who could discover that. And they say, Hey, we like your work, we like what you're doing. How would you like to do something for us? And they've got big budgets to to pay for that stuff. Yeah, and you, you can't say no to that kind of money, you know? I mean, it's, it's pretty good. That's right. Curious, what kind of time are you putting into this? I remember when we last spoke, everything was done between like 5 and 6 a.m. And then after the kids went to bed. Is it still like that? Yeah, sometimes I'm out there 4.30, 5 a.m. I try to get like an hour of work done. Or it's at 9 p.m. or later at night. As you can imagine, with four kids, and now they're older, they stay awake longer. You know, when they're babies, they sleep a lot and I could escape out there and I can have the baby monitor on and stuff like that. Now they're in all kinds of activities and <laughs> they're, they're draining my energy pretty good. So I honestly have not been in the garage as much as I used to be years ago. I was really thrashing years ago. Now it's, it's not as much, honestly, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, you set it up to be less time intensive on your part. It sounds like. Right. Right. Do you have an estimate of how many hours a week you're putting into the business today? Only a couple, maybe three to four, maybe five tops, not even that. In the garage, honestly, I only get out there two to three hours a week. That's not bad. That's a pretty solid hourly rate. Now, of course, lots of speculative time in building it up. But the one cool thing is like you were getting paid for the speculative time, right? You were getting paid by these people to repair the, the motorcycles initially. So some cool ways to do that. I want to go back to this affiliate income thing, because this was an income stream that I don't know if it crossed, crossed our minds or crossed my mind the first time we talked. It was like, hey, if you're going to do this yourself, you're going to need to buy these parts. Here's where you can get them. And so it's kind of a natural affiliate relationship. And it's primarily 
driven through the website and then through YouTube. I imagine you put the links kind of below the description on the videos. Right, exactly. Is it is it primarily through Amazon or are these like is there different retailers that specialize in bike parts? Yeah, so back in 2016, I was trying to be an affiliate with Commission Junction, which would have a bunch of motorcycle dealers for parts and whatnot. And there's also Avant Link that has a couple companies and whatnot. But I haven't had any good success with either of those companies. And I don't know if it's you know the way I was putting it on the website or what, but it just didn't get a lot of traffic and it didn't turn into a lot of sales. Now I'm with Amazon and it does much better. And I don't know, I don't know why, but maybe it's because everyone's buying everything from Amazon. So Amazon has just been working really good. That's what I found. Like generally lower commission rates, but a higher conversion rate tends to make up for that. Right. And you can buy anything you want on Amazon really. So it works out real nice. Do you find, I don't know if there's a way to track this, but if those links are coming from the YouTube descriptions or people coming back to your site first and then bouncing over to Amazon? Yeah. So I haven't really split those or tried any testing. I just get the link that Amazon spits out and I just put it everywhere. Honestly, I, I'm not into testing links and stuff like that or testing this and that. I really, I don't have enough time to do all that stuff and I'm really honestly not that interested in it. (laughs) So do you do anything in the videos to call out that link or say, hey, here's where you can get it. I put the link below, something like that. Yeah. So I try to point to the iCards in Amazon and say, hey, go to my blog. It has the full parts and tools list, or you can get it in the video description. And also sometimes I will comment below the video and then I'll pin it. So it's at the top of the comment section. Oh, okay. The link to the blog post with all the parts. Yeah. The blog post or actually the Amazon affiliate links themselves. Okay. So we've got the video sales. We've got the insurance company kind of sponsored content partnership relationship. We've got the affiliate stuff. We've got the YouTube ads. This is starting to add up to some serious money. Anything anything else that's uh, ringing the cash register? Yeah. But let's back up with the affiliate income through Amazon. I'm averaging about like 450 a month. So that's pretty good. Whoa. And does that fluctuate like the YouTube stuff, like seasonality? Yeah, it fluctuates a little bit, but on average, it's like 450. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm inspired by this in a lot of different ways. Okay. What else you got? All right. So I started a Patreon account. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with Patreon or not, but basically it's crowdfunding and I'm looking for subscribers or any fans to pledge a certain dollar amount per piece of content I create and I need help with. So I have three levels, a dollar, three dollars, and ten. And all of them have different perks. For a dollar, if you pledge a dollar, there's no no perk. It's just saying you're awesome. For three bucks, I offer future premium videos for free. So let's say I come out with an engine rebuild video two months later. Hey man, you're gonna get that video for free. At the ten dollar level, you can get instant access to any videos, and you also get a t-shirt. So currently I'm at like about 50 patrons at about 240 bucks per video. I don't charge patrons for every video, but just videos that I feel took a lot of time to make and has some good content. Okay. Interesting. Are these like private videos or these videos that are going on YouTube for everyone to see? 
public public videos. It's just a way for people to support your work. Yes. Interesting. How do people know to become patrons? Like, how are you pitching that? So I mention it in every third video or so. I don't want to sound like I'm pitching it too hard in every video, but every couple of videos I'll be say, hey, this video is brought to you by my patrons, and I'll do a rolling credit of all of these 50 people. And I say, hey, these guys have contributed a certain dollar amount to help fund this channel. So huge thank you to them. And if you want to get some free videos or a t-shirt or whatever, consider becoming a patron. So I just kind of mention that every once in a while. I didn't realize you could do this. All the other Patreon accounts I've seen have been charged per month, but you have it set up like per piece of content. So they're not getting dinged every month. They're just like, every time I make a video, yeah, that's when it'll charge these folks. Right. So how it works is I make posts to Patreon inside the website and there's a checkbox, charge patrons or obviously don't charge them. So it just depends. I don't have it set up per month because sometimes in a month I'll come out with no content at all. And I don't think that's fair. This one is interesting because I'm, I'm curious if you find, like I imagine on YouTube, it's very transactional, like people typing in like how to solve a specific problem. They find your video on it and they go about their day versus like Patreon is like, hey, I'm with this guy for the long haul. I like what he's doing. Even if, you know, he doesn't work on my exact bike. Like that's kind of interesting because like there's hundreds of different models of motorcycles and it's like, okay, I'm going to follow this guy along because enough of it is going to be relevant to me that it's worth paying for. Right. And to your point, I've seen a really high turnover rate with Patreon. So the patrons are always coming and going. It's honestly been a lot of work managing the patrons because I'm sending out t-shirts and if they become at the $10 level, I have to send them discount links for the videos and I have to manage all that. So it's definitely a lot of work for that 200 some dollars per video. It's been hard to grow this for sure. Do you have a goal in mind for you know what you'd like to get to on Patreon or are you thinking like, ah, I don't know if this is worth it? Yeah, I'm almost thinking it's not even worth it at this point. <laughs> you know, I mean, the amount of managing that goes in and I've seen people join and then after getting, you know, cuz I say even at the $10 level, you have to pledge a minimum of 30 bucks total lifetime in order to keep these videos cuz if they if they join for 10 bucks and then they're they're out the next month, then I will pull the video and say, "Hey, you can't do that, man." And I'll send them like a discount link. Like, "Okay, maybe you didn't understand this, but here's a discount link." for 10 off the video so then they can go pay full price or whatever. But it's it's been a lot of work. Yeah, because it could be a backdoor to get your premium stuff for for cheap. Yes, exactly. Okay. Do you, do you pitch it on any of the video sales pages? Like, hey, you might consider becoming a Patreon patron and then you can get the, essentially get a discount, but like there's this ongoing component. Yeah. So I do that. Yeah. So when I have an engine rebuild video saying, I always say, Hey, my patrons are getting this for free. And if you want to get it for a little bit less, click on this link, learn more about Patreon and see if it's right for you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Curious. This is just a side, a total like rabbit hole, but I'm curious, who are you using for the t-shirt printing and fulfillment? So the cool shirt, it's got the how-to motorcycle repair logo on it with the bike and the wrench. I'm curious how you're doing the t-shirts. Through Teespring. So they handle everything. I don't carry any inventory. And that that's works okay. They have a whole reward process, but it's I'm out of the loop. So I sometimes they don't get the t-shirts and I gotta manage that as well. And I gotta 
reach out, you know, they won't tell me if it got delivered Teespring. So I have to reach out to my patrons. Hey, did you get your shirt? And sometimes they don't. And I, it's this, it's kind of a hassle, honestly, but I do buy the t-shirts for myself and they're actually pretty nice. So as far as the quality of the t-shirt, it's pretty good. Okay. But they will do one-off print runs for drop shipping. Yes. Cool. 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 Yeah. I have it now set up. The t-shirt's like on its way to me. So I'm like, I need to inspect the quality, but set up through Guten, G-O-O-T-E-N. It was recommended by Flav Maderos on the podcast because they had like the style of shirt that I wanted and like really affordable pricing. I think it was like $16.50 shipped domestically. So I was like, okay, that's not, that's not too bad. Gotcha. Another thing that Teespring has done is they partnered up with YouTube and you can have a banner underneath your video and you can have all your merch underneath. So people will see the video and then right underneath there'll be a banner and they can buy all your merchandise. So it's another way for you to generate revenue. Oh, okay. Do you find people clicking on that or? No, I, I have sold like almost no <laughs> merchandise. And, and back. Okay. It's a, it's a good idea in theory. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not, I don't have a box of t-shirts sitting in my basement unsold, right? It's, it's zero inventory. So whatever. But I finally got a logo. I thought the logo is pretty cool. And I thought people would at least buy some t-shirts, but no, no one's really interested in that. Yeah. At least it is all print on demand. At least you're not yeah, having a stack of these in your garage and having to run to the post office every time somebody orders one. So amazing, amazing world that we live in today. Now imagine with the 57, 60,000 subscribers on YouTube, you're getting other channel creators reaching out to you for collaboration or you're getting other brands reaching out to you for sponsored videos and stuff like that. Have you seen that happen or is that you're going to need to have 100, 150,000? No. So I think it was uh, about two years ago. I'm like, why not start reaching out to companies, seeing if they'll sponsor me with some cool stuff that I need, right? So the first one, I really wanted a, a big toolbox, like a nice new toolbox. So I reached out to a certain company. They said, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. We'll ship you a box for free and just do some videos on it. And what I've agreed to is putting the banner of their website, a big sticker on the toolbox. So you see that in the opening of all my videos today. So pe- it's basically ad space, right? Like product placement. I like it. Yeah. So it just has their website name big right there. The box is sitting right there looking awesome. So that's been pretty cool because that toolbox was 1800 bucks. Wow. Yeah. So then the next company, I think they actually reached out to me. They're like, Hey, we'd be looking to do some sponsored content. In this case, it was like a motorcycle shop kit. So it had like seven tools that you would need to work on your motorcycle. The nicest piece of equipment that it came with is a motorcycle lift. So it's an air-operated lift that lifts your motorcycle up to a nice working height so you're more comfortable when you're wrenching on it. That whole kit was like 1500 bucks. So just did a bunch of videos on that. I actually gave some of it away because I didn't need it. So I just did some giveaways on my channel, which was pretty cool. Did they pay you for it or is it they will send you this stuff for free? For this motorcycle lift stuff? Yeah. Yeah, the whole kit they, they sent for free in exchange for videos or exposure to my audience. So, Yeah, it seems like that's how it starts. You get some, you get some free swag, you get some free stuff, and then hopefully somebody <laughs> starts paying you cash money down the road. Yeah, and my sister works in marketing, and I had her make me a media kit, which is a couple pages of stats and resources and previous work. So it's, it looks very uh, professional media kit. And I send this out to 
potential sponsors being, hey, I'd be looking to work with you. Here's what I can offer and, and so forth and see if we can get a discussion going. Do you put your rates on there or you kind of leave that more open to discussion? Yeah, I actually, I think I have on there like a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks, and it's negotiable, of course, depending on what the sponsorship involves. I try to go after sponsorships that are five hundred bucks plus. I mean, there's no sense of getting a sponsorship on a five dollar item, and they're not going to pay you a lot of money to promote this five dollar thing, right? So I try to go after some large ticket items. And you're doing the proactive outreach for those rather than kind of sitting back and waiting for companies to approach you. Yeah. So it's tough because you can send 10 emails and get zero responses. So I get in moods. I say, yeah, let's, let's pitch some emails. And then a couple months goes by and I don't do anything. But I do notice that views kind of go down when you have sponsored products, depending how you put the video together. If you put a really good video together showing how to use it, then the views are there. But if you're just kind of showing a general idea of the product, uh, not so much. Right. There's some creativity involved in making it still compelling content. Right. What's next for you? So it sounds like this business has really taken off even more so than the than the spreadsheet with the numbers that you sent me. So it seems like the numbers have increased quite a bit just even in the last six or eight months. So curious if you see this becoming a full-time thing, do you want it to become a full-time thing? What's the future hold for uh, how to motorcycle repair? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely want, I would love to do this full time, right? But I think I got a little bit of ways to go. It's funny because up until this point, I've been doing real niche products and I need to step back and make more of a general digital product that would attract more buyers, hopefully. I've actually had a couple emails just in the past two months. One guy said, Hey, do you have like, a course for repairing motorcycles, just a general course. Well, I responded, no. And he's like, oh man, I would totally buy something like that for 500 to $1,000. Now, I don't know that price point is correct. It's probably way too high, but he sent me like a little syllabus. He's like, this is the kind of content I'd be looking for. And I'm like, oh man, I can totally do that. And I think someone else emailed me, same thing. So I think I would really like to develop a course that would apply to the masses. You know what I mean? So not specific to any particular model of bike, but just like, here's what you need to know as a responsible, handy motorcycle owner. Yeah, it would lay the foundation work of how to do things and and theory. And once you know that, you can fix anything, honestly. Okay. I'm like the least handy person. (laughs) So I'm like, all, all this stuff is like boring to me, but I love that you're making it work. Matt, really appreciate you joining me and sharing all of this stuff. I mean, it just goes to show like tons of different income streams available to you once you get started. Really inspiring to hear everything that you've built and everything that ha- and how it's grown since we last caught up. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. You know, just do something, build it and they will come. Opportunities will just show up. People will be knocking at your door. Problems will arise. Solving them can turn into product ideas and businesses can evolve and change over time. I mean, I went from 100% labor to almost zero, and it's it's much better on that end, the passive end. Yeah, that's my tip. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to to hear everything. HowToMotorcycleRepair.com. Check him out over there. Check him out on YouTube. 
Matt, once again, really appreciate you joining me and uh, giving us a behind the scenes look into your business. Hey, thanks a lot, Nick. Hope to be back in a couple years again. <laughs> Let's do it. When you're starting out in business, you're wearing all the hats, marketing, sales, accounting, customer support, and really everything in between. The goal of our sponsor, FreshBooks, is to try and make that accounting hat fit a little more comfortably. It's a pretty satisfying feeling when a client of yours, a prospect of yours, says those magic words, send me the invoice. That's when you fire up FreshBooks, drop a professional-looking invoice in under a minute, send it over, and get paid. The award-winning cloud accounting software gives me an organized and professional way to keep my paperwork in check without spending a ton of time. Feature by feature, FreshBooks is designed to be fast, intuitive, and easy to use. In addition to invoicing, you'll find time tracking and expense management tools built right in. And the handy FreshBooks mobile app works wherever you do. To see how FreshBooks can save you time dealing with your paperwork so you can spend more time making your hustle happen, go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section to get started today. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor Taylor Brands is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Matt. Number one is to allocate a percentage of your time to speculative but potentially leveraged passive income projects. Quote, passive income projects. If you don't, you'll never get there. So here's my recommendation. As soon as you have a little bit of financial breathing room, devote a percentage of your time to, quote, passive income projects. It doesn't have to be a ton of hours, but I think it's the only way, outside of buying money with money, to eventually build an income that's not directly dependent on you showing up and punching the clock. Matt could have spent all his time fixing bikes, charging customers, and making a good side income. But over time, and obviously with a ton of effort, he's shifted the active slash passive balance almost completely. I wrote a monster post on passive income on the blog at the start of the summer. SideHustleNation.com slash passive income will get you over there. And it basically describes this idea, how we all start out working for money. That's totally fine. But if you're intentional about it, you can start to build these more time leveraged income streams. Not an overnight thing, of course, but as Matt has shown, those efforts can definitely start to compound over time. So that's my recommendation to allocate a percentage of your time to these more speculative but time-leveraged projects that may not see a payoff right away, but could be decoupled from your time down the road. Takeaway number two is the service business triple dip. A few weeks ago, we heard from Sylvia Inks on the podcast. 
That was episode 349. And one thing I thought was cool about her business was what I called the triple dip. She might get paid to give a presentation, audience members would buy her book, and certain attendees would get in touch for one-on-one coaching. Matt is taking the same concept. How can I get paid multiple ways for work I do once? It takes some creativity, but he's showing he can do it through video sales, YouTube ad revenue, affiliate commissions, and occasional sponsored content. I remember connecting with a graphic designer when I was working on my book, Buy Buttons, and she was kind of annoyed with all of the, quote, scraps left over from doing client work in design. These were designs that were still perfectly good, just not exactly what this particular client wanted. So she ended up putting them up on a marketplace called Creative Market, where when we connected, she had sold over a million dollars worth of products. Just the unwanted leftovers of the work she was already doing. It definitely gets you thinking. So my version of the triple dip is getting paid by sponsors to produce each episode like this one, occasionally having affiliate links and offers during those episodes, syndicating or repurposing certain content to YouTube and collecting ad revenue, and then sometimes pulling out certain concepts or themes or examples and turning those into books or courses or helping me with the content inside those books or courses. So think about the triple dip. Think about the multiple ways you may be able to get paid from the work you're doing already. And takeaway number three is to always be testing. It's only through trial do you find what works and what doesn't, what you enjoy doing and what you don't. But one thing I'm impressed by with Matt is his willingness to test something out. Sure, giant insurance company, I've never created videos like that before, but I'll give it a shot. Here's my rate. And then he's got the guts to go back and say, yeah, that was interesting, that was fun, but it took longer than I thought. Here's my new rate. Love it. In a way, through the viewer and reader questions and comments that Matt gets now, he kind of lets the audience steer the direction. It's kind of like the yes and rule from from any improv class. Yes and. We're not going to derail the scene by saying no. We're going to take it and run with it putting content out into the world, seeing what reaction it gets, and adjusting course as necessary. That's takeaway number three. Always be testing. Once again, notes and links for this episode, plus the full text summary with all of Matt's top tips from the call, are at sidehustlenation.com slash Matt, B-M-A-T-T-B for Boknock. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.